I'm Irene Vanderpaul from Ontario, California, and I have listened to Haven since its very beginning when I was nine years old, and First Mate Bob was the first speaker. I've anchored my soul in the Now I am 91, still listening. They are like family to me. Ahoy there, shipmate. Eight bells and all twelve. I'm Judy Marshall, and I started listening to Haven Ministry many years ago. I was about five or six years old. My mom would wake us up, and she would have breakfast on the table for us, and she would have the broadcast of Haven uh, in our kitchen. We would sit down in front of that great big radio. We would listen to First Mate Bob. And I remember always hearing eight bells and all's well. And so I would hear Good Shipmate Bob each morning, eight bells and all is well. Just a few Haven friends from over the years, one who's with the Lord now. All of them grew up listening to the program and then became supporters as adults. Hi, I'm Charles Morris, and I'm thankful for the 86-plus-year legacy that we have here at Haven today. Even during the Great Depression, when we began in 1934, we pointed to the great story that was all about Jesus. And thanks to you, we're still doing that today. It's friends like you who support what we do. So as we close our fiscal year end next Tuesday, not too many days or even hours away, we still need to raise about $180,000 to meet our budget. Would you please pray about how much you can send? I'll give you our contact information in just a little bit. But now, let's start today's program. Times are changing daily. With COVID cases surging in California, Disneyland has pushed back its reopening. But this gives them time to reimagine one of their rides. Splash Mountain isn't going anywhere, but it will look a lot different. July 17th was the day for Disneyland's reopening. Fans were excited, but Disney wanted to play it safe with rising COVID cases. And they just announced they would retool a fan favorite ride, Splash Mountain. Some of the attraction's characters, based on their 1940s Song of the South film, which portrayed a happy slave culture. Disney said, as we've learned more about our history, we've realized this is problematic. Now the ride will be based on The Princess and the Frog, the first Disney animated film with a black princess. We all have our blind spots. When they're pointed out, it's best not to close our eyes. Turn your eyes to Jesus, and in Him we have forgiveness and the power to change. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series we're calling Corey Ten Boom Through the War. World War II ended 75 years ago this summer. Many stories of heroism come out of this era. We still call those who are alive from this time the greatest generation. But one story really stands out, and that's the Ten Boom family who helped hide Jews in Nazi-occupied Holland during the war. And this ultimately brought the death of Corey Ten Boom's sister, as well as her father. In a moment, we're going to remember a most encouraging passage from Scripture. 
Yes, the Christian life is often compared to a battle. But what brings us hope? What keeps us pressing on? Well, the answer to those questions are found in Romans 8. We're more than conquerors because of the love of God in Christ Jesus. And the good news is that nothing, yes, I do mean nothing, can separate us from his love. And a little later in the program, we're going to hear the late Corey Ten Boom share about how this truth became all the more real to her, locked in a Nazi concentration camp in World War II. But first, I'd like you to hear a short segment from the audio drama that's called The Hiding Place. Corey, has Mr. Dilber come for his watch yet? I don't think so. We have company. Good day, my friends. Mr. DeFries, welcome. I'm afraid I bring trouble into your shop, forgive me. What trouble? You're our friend, and a friend can only bring joy. Unfortunately, there's no joy in this visit. They've confiscated his shop. Oh, no. I told them I was a Christian. They said, who cares? Any Jew can convert to avoid trouble. So they closed me down in the interests of national security. They won't stop there. That's my fear. If I'm a security risk, my shop is only the first step to taking me. You've come to the right place, Harry. Father, there's no place to send him outside the city. The only underground address I have right now is Mrs. de Boer. She has 18 already, but I'm sure she'd take one more. She's a decent woman, a good heart. And she only lives four blocks from here. We'll get Peter to take you over. A cup of tea first, then to Mrs. de Boer. Oh, I'll never forget your help. Nonsense! Let's enjoy these moments together as good friends should over a warm mug and a good chat. Hey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a stirring radio drama that runs over three hours. Pure cinema of the mind. But even more, it will inspire your soul. After the program, I'd like to send it to you for your fiscal year-end gift. Please pray about how generous you can be. And as I said a moment ago, we still need to raise $180,000 to reach our year-end budget. It's a whole lot better than the last time that I gave a report to you, but we have a long ways to go. You can call us after the program at 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or visit us at haventoday.org. Listen to some of the samples from this radio drama. And then make your year-end gift and ask for the Hiding Place CD set at haventoday.org. Now we're going to open the program with Matthew West. If I were you, I would have given up on me by now. I would have labeled me a lost cause. Because I feel just like a lost cause. If I were you, I would have turned around and walked away I would have labeled me beyond repair Cause I feel like I'm beyond repair Oh, but somehow you don't see me like I do Somehow you're still here You're the God who stays You're the God who stays You're the one who in my direction When the whole world walks away You're the God who stands With wide open arms And you tell me nothing I have ever done Could separate my heart From the God who stays 
Listening to a haven today called Corey Ten Boom through the war. I'm Charles Morris, and we opened our program with the God who stays. Matthew West leading us in song. Some historians called D-Day the beginning of the end of World War II. The 75th anniversary for that great event was last year. Berlin would fall ten months later in May of 1945. We just marked that historical date last month. The Pacific side of the war ended when Japan surrendered in August of 1945. So at this moment, we're smack dab in the middle of remembering the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II, a brutal war. Some estimate that somewhere between 70 and 85 million people lost their lives due to the horrors of that war. Sometimes we can forget just how bad it was. Perhaps we've enjoyed watching well-made movies about it in the comfort of our homes. We can tend to romanticize it too much, maybe. But those who were there, soldiers fighting or civilians who made it through, they would tell you that war was hell. Sadly, younger generations have fewer and fewer eyewitnesses to talk to about the war these days. And yet so many soldiers on both sides of the fighting 
found faith through the war. A few days ago, we listened to a portion of Elie Wiesel's novel, Night. He says he lost faith, but not everyone did. Corey Ten Boom couldn't have made it through without her faith in Christ, and so many soldiers, civilians too, came to the Lord through the war as well. One Haven listener in Canada recalling his uncle, a German Navy captain, telling him that so many under Hitler did not believe in him, they didn't support him. And I also heard the story of a young soldier near the end of the war. His mother had given him a hymnal of scripture-filled songs to give him peace to carry with him. Yes, I said, a German soldier. This young Christian was mocked by fellow soldiers one day for spending so much time reading that hymnal. He may have been humming the tunes to himself. The other soldiers left that day without him. But later that day, they died. After an Allied bombing raid, the young Christian lived and went on to study theology and ended up in Canada as the librarian for a Christian seminary in British Columbia. I've been thinking of my Uncle Bill. He died a few years ago. I spoke at his funeral. He was given one of those pocket New Testaments to carry in his uniform shirt pocket. Just after landing on one of those French beaches, he took a bullet from a German long gun. But his life was saved when the bullet was stopped by his New Testament. He wasn't a foxhole conversion, but with his life saved, he started reading that New Testament. And that's how he met Jesus, a faith he kept and carried with him for the rest of his life. He loved to go on missions trips with his church. He never told me that story until shortly before he died. But there's another battle we must not forget. The battle that Christ prepared to wage by going to the cross to die for you and me. The record is there in John 14 through 17. It includes the longest prayer of Christ in all of Scripture. It was Jesus who prayed with his Father in heaven, who told us that those in his hands, in his care, would be safe to the end. It was nothing like World War II or any other war in history fought by human hands. It was literally the war for the world, a spiritual war that takes a greater toll, but a spiritual war of even greater consequence, souls for eternity at stake. And once that battle was won on the cross by Christ, not us, we learn something that we must take to heart living in a day when Christian lives are still being lost by human hands. Evil still surrounds us. Yet while the battle is still not over, the outcome is complete. Jesus Christ will return, and all this war for our souls will end with his second coming. For you see, in Christ, and because of the faith of Christ given to us, we are more than conquerors. We learn this specifically later in the New Testament, in Romans 8. There is life in the Holy Spirit for Christians before we die and before he comes again. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. How did it happen? We're told the answer in verse 3. God sent his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. Romans 8. It's filled with hope for the living but also the dying. 
Even in the midst of a human war, or everyone dying in the midst of all-out spiritual warfare, which is far more deadly. Verse 10, But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him, meaning God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead, is alive in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. It's there in Romans 8 where we learn that even as Christians there will be present suffering, but there will be glory to come. And it's here that we learn that Christians are more than conquerors. Verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And the answer is implied. No one. And looking again at what we're called still now to live through in both times of war and peace, the question is asked by Paul, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? And once again, the answer to the question is implied, nothing and no one. And then you come to verse 37, and here's that phrase I mentioned a moment ago. Can anything or anyone in this life, in this world, keep us from Christ? Verse 37, Romans 8, no In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It reminds me of Corrie ten Boom's testimony. Her Christian family in Holland felt they needed to help hide Jews from the Nazis. And in the process, they helped hundreds escape. But they were caught themselves and hauled away to the concentration camps. Her father and sister died in those camps. Corrie says her faith felt so small. Here's how she described it many years ago in a documentary about her life. When you are with Jesus, the worst can happen. And it did. But the best always remains. There's no darkness that Satan can create that will shut out the light of God's never-ending love for you and me. The late Corey Ten Boom talking about how the Lord ministered to her when she was in a Nazi concentration camp back in World War II. Back to Romans 8. Paul addresses the spiritual darkness that tried to overcome Corey and still tries to capture our hearts and minds and souls today. So what hope do we have? Well, this apostle of Jesus closes the passage of Romans 8 with a resounding cry. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
These are words to carry into the battlefields of your life. Not many of us have had to face Nazi oppression like Cory ten Boom, but we are in a great cosmic war. Nothing will separate God's love from his people. For when you have Christ, you now have a peace with God. And only he can protect us from the darkness of this world. Only in Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of Christ are we more than conquerors because his love for his people is greater than anything we can imagine. Nothing can separate us from his love. I could climb the highest heights, travel far beyond the sky, even there I know you'd find me with your love. I could cross the distant seas, walk through valleys dark and deep, even there Perfect song coming straight out of Romans 8. Nothing can separate me. 
from the Hidden in My Heart, Volume 2 album. And this is Haven Today in a program called Corey Ten Boom Through the War. A moment ago, we heard from the late Corey Ten Boom. She knew what it was like to be separated from her family and from her home and from what she would call normal life as she sat at a Nazi concentration camp in World War II. But she also boldly proclaimed that no matter how hard the enemy of her soul tried, nothing could separate her from the love of God. Now, when I ponder her family's story, how they risked everything to hide and save Jews and help them escape Europe, I really believe it's because they were motivated by this one fact. No matter what happened, they were to live for Christ. And if they died, it was all for gain. For they knew that in Christ Jesus, they were more than conquerors. I want you to be encouraged by the Ten Boom story. So for your fiscal year-end gift, and I pray it's as generous as you possibly can make it, we want to send you the audio drama of The Hiding Place on three CDs. Please pray that the Lord will meet our needs and pray about you being a part of the help we need right now. Times are hard. I'm calling it a COVID-19 summer. We don't know what that will mean. But we're trusting in the Lord to provide, and I'm praying for His provision for you as well. So here's our number to call right now and make your year-end gift, but also to get the hiding place. Just call us at 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or visit us online and listen to more samples from the radio drama and make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we get to share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Ever seen a rat race? (laughs) Me neither. But we often say life is like one. Perhaps that's because so much of what we furiously run after and expend so much energy to get doesn't actually matter all that much. At the end of the rat race, doesn't the winning rat end up in the same cage as all the rest? So what's the point? Solomon put it well in Ecclesiastes when he said, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This also is vanity. And that's because you and I are called to another kind of race, one that does matter, and what waits for us at the finish is of infinite and eternal value. Anchor Devotional can help you fix your eyes on Jesus every day. Just visit GetAnchor.com.